Here we are back again, locked on NFL alongside the scout, Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. We're taking you around the league daily on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network. You can find this show on all of your favorite podcast apps, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You got to follow Matt at Williamson NFL. Matt, how are things today? Things are great. I've been busy, but that's good. And the season seems like it's right around the corner. We just got to get this pesky week four game slate out of the way. I mean, (laughs) I got to say, this is a little bit of a downer, but that week four Thursday games, I bet we could take nothing out of that. (laughs) You know, I mean, no one's going to play in that game. Right. There's the occasional, there's like the next Adam Thielen's out there somewhere fighting for his football career. And that's about the best thing you can take away from it. And there might be some, you know, training camp battles finishing up there, but most of the starters aren't going to play. And it's, it's funny because I was thinking, oh man, so we're going to do our over-unders. We're going to start with the AFC today, NFC tomorrow. What if something crazy happens? But then I was like, oh yeah, nobody important is going to play. So it's not like anybody's going to get, Tom, Tom Brady's not going to get hurt playing on right. Thursday night and screw up those over-unders. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. I mean, unless Tom Brady retires out of the blue. I mean, I guess that's well, been hey. known to happen the last couple of days. <laughs> that's <But> not I- <laughs> unheard of these days. And I think that's a great place to start. Still the biggest story around the NFL. People trying to wrap their heads around it. Andrew Luck's sudden retirement. And we heard from the coach and the new starting quarterback today. I want to start with Frank Reich, who's pretty uniquely, I think, qualified as a head coach, as maybe any head coach in the league to deal with this situation. He took the podium today. Everyone makes a unique contribution on this team. Yet everyone is replaceable. We can deeply love and respect and care for each individual yet the team must come first. Therefore, when it came to Andrew's retirement, it just, that word paradox kind of helps me, helps, can help us make sense of what's going on. On one hand, we can respect and honor the player and the teammate that Andrew is and was. But at the same time, we can share an excitement and an enthusiasm about the team that we have going forward and the journey ahead of us. Ultimately, it isn't how good any one player is. It's not. It's about how good we are as a team. So he used the word paradox there, Matt, and there's definitely some coach speak involved there because he's got to settle down his crew. And I I like his temperament there, and I like hearing from Frank Reich. I think Frank Reich's actually a really good football coach. So the Colts are still in good hands, but he's got to calm everybody down, not only the locker room, he's got to calm down the fan base. And, you know, unfortunately, we heard about how that News all came down. Andrew Lux on the sideline walking in front of the fans who are all finding out about a Schefter tweet in real time and and starting to boo him and don't know what's going on. It was a really weird way for the news for this thing to come down, and he didn't get a chance to announce it at his own press conference. But Frank Reich really doing a good job of settling the troops, and now he's got to move forward. And who better to be the head coach of your team losing a high-profile quarterback than a guy who was the Jacoby Brissett of his day in Frank Reich, who used to be the backup for a high-profile quarterback. Yeah, right. And I think Reich's a great coach, as you mentioned. I'm very high on Jacoby Brissett. I think that Colts fans that saw him his first go-round didn't get a fair enough representation what that guy was. They traded for him eight days before inserting him in the lineup and with a bad scheme and a bad line. I think he's going to thrive in the system. But I like Block more. And, you know, I mean, it's obviously okay. going to be a huge deal. 
But I think this organization, maybe ownership aside, but GM on down is really solid line. You know, the way they're built, the head coach, that I think they'll handle the storm pretty well. And I'm still optimistic about that. I'm optimistic about the coaching staff and the team and the roster that's been put together there. And so all of those things are still in place. I like Jacoby Brissett. He's got the arm talent. He's now a veteran quarterback. Uh, he's not, you know, he had had two starts under his belt before he got traded. And and they asked him when he took the podium, and I have a clip from him here, how ready he is now. And he's like, oh, it's not even close how ready I am now being in the system for two years and having that full season of starting experience filling in for luck in 2017. But when I showed up, I was just plopped in, you know, two weeks before, here you go, let, let's do this. And so uh, he's in a definitely a better space now. And so if anybody is, and he's been taking all the starters reps. I think the number was 1,200 that they threw out there. And they said, look, he's been the starter all camp, all OTAs, all minicamp. Mm-hmm. He's been taking starters reps. So he's pretty ready to go, too, from that standpoint. He's basically been practicing as the starting quarterback. But this is what he had to say about his relationship with Andrew Luck. I was I was shocked. Uh, I mean, which I'm sure everybody is. Y'all wouldn't be here if y'all weren't shocked either. But uh, <laughs> it's it's been... You know, uh, that in a, a roller coaster of emotions, uh, you know, and the, the main thing is just, you know, not being able to see Andrew every day. Uh, and that's, you know, today was kind of weird walking in and not seeing him. But, uh, you know, that's the thing to, to deal with. But, uh, you know, every ups and downs. But, uh, you know, it's on the way up now. So it's all that matters. I love that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I wouldn't be at the podium talking to you guys if we weren't all shocked about this. But it's pretty clear that, you know, he had a nice friendship with Andrew Luck and there's a person involved and a teammate involved. And then now he's like, OK, well, that's a side. I got to go play football and I'm the guy now. And it sounds like, Matt, you're pretty confident in Brissett being the guy. Yeah. And I think that the Patriots were high on him, but they had Jimmy at the time. So they they kind of sent him this direction. And um, I know a lot of people are listening, but I, I, this was told to me. In confidence, but it was kind of a situation where they loved Brissett and they thought Josh McDaniels was going to take the Colts job and Belichick kind of gave him like a going away present. Here, here's Brissett for you for when you get there. Um, I've been told by a really good source that that's kind of how it went down with the thoughts of we got Jimmy, we got Tom, we got no room for this guy. We're going to let him out too and give him a chance to spread his wings. Big, strong guy, tough as heck. smart, pretty good accuracy, a cannon for an arm, good within the pocket, not the best athlete, but can still buy time. Behind that line and with Wright coaching him up, I think he's really going to surprise people. You know, it's interesting that you say that because when Garoppolo was traded to the 49ers, there was a little bit of that with Bill Belichick, same idea going on, not so much doing a favor for his somebody on his coaching staff, but he was kind of doing Garoppolo a favor. He thought by sending him to a good coordinator. And he's like, I don't want to exile this guy to a bad franchise and a bad coaching staff. I I believe that this is a good spot for him. And that was part of why he dealt with the 49ers. And there were some other teams that said, Hey, why didn't we get a phone call about Jimmy Garoppolo? And I think other teams would have even offered them more, you know, like if, if you give Belichick truth serum on this, or if this all comes out 10, 15 years after he retires, he may tell the truth and be like, well, we didn't want Jimmy in the AFC. I wanted to send him to a good landing place, and we'll take a little less in return to do it. Yeah, and there's rumors that the Browns and the Browns tried to make a, a much worse trade by trading for A.J. McCarron, so it was pretty obvious right, that, that they would have been you. willing to pony something up there. 
Yeah, yeah. Hugh uh, could have derailed things even worse. <laughs> All right, uh, let's take a break and get into the AFC and look at those over-unders. Long day at work, still stuck at the office? Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Let's take this alphabetical with the over-unders, and I'm looking at the my bookie lines here. Baltimore Ravens are the first AFC team up here, and of course, uh, I'm interested to see how you feel about the Colts now when we get to them, but the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, real quick, uh, you're kind of new around here, and this is one of my fan bases, and now your fan bases, absolute favorite shows of the year. I think this is, what, the fourth or fifth year we've done these now. And it'll be a two-part series today and tomorrow. Today's the AFC, and we'll you know talk a minute or two on each. But people will get our, our ideas of what we think of these teams going forward as well. Um, and I, the other thing I wrote down here, too, is Warren Sharp does really, really good work, and he just started his own site. I've referenced him many times. But I think he's the best guy out there for strength of schedule, and he uses Vegas win totals. He doesn't use last year's winning percentage. I mean, that's foolish. So I'm going to reference that for some of the teams that have the hardest schedules and some of the teams that have the easiest schedules. The the Ravens have the 12th easiest schedule. So they're like in the top third, but barely. They're over-unders at eight and a half. Is that what you have it at, too? Eight and a half, yes. I'm going over, and there's a couple of these teams. Seattle comes to mind. To some regard, the Texans. team we're talking about next, Buffalo, where I believe the coach, the system – always do a pretty good job of coaxing a win or two out that they shouldn't. And a lot of it with Baltimore is great special teams, knowing how to win close games, experienced coaching staff. And I think their offense is better than people think. They won the division last year, despite changing a quarterback at midseason. That's really hard to do. I think they there's a better chance they get to nine wins than are a 500 team. Yeah, they were a 10-win team last year. For all the reasons you mentioned, uh, I'd like them to at least be as good of a football team. You know, wins and losses can can vary, even if you are just as good of a team from year to year. There's going to be a lot of variance there. But eight and a half, I like. I like going Ravens for nine wins. I'm with you on that one. I'll take the over for sure. I like it. Buffalo Bills. Their over under is seven. One of the best defenses in the league last year. No one seems to realize that. Another coaching staff that I think gets a lot out of a little. They had no business being in the playoffs a couple of years ago, but yet they still got there. Fifth easiest schedule in the league. I thought Josh Allen was a very poor passer last year, and I'm not going to overreact to the preseason, but he looks great in the preseason. He actually has receiving core. You bring in seven offensive linemen in the offseason, that's bound to bear some kind of fruit as opposed to running for your life. So I think there's a the over-under here is seven. I think there's a much better chance they get the eight wins than six. So I'm going over. I'm with you on that defense. And talking fantasy football, which we do a lot here, I've got the Buffalo Bills on almost all of my fantasy teams that I have a team defense that I play in leagues just because I don't know why nobody has given them credit for how good of a defense that is. And if they can hold on to the ball a little bit more. Um, and I don't know, you know, Josh Allen is the one thing that I'm not super sure about, but mm. I still got to take the over on seven because I definitely think this can be a 500 football team. Yeah, I'm with you there. Cincinnati Bengals, six over under. Yeah, their strength of schedule is somewhere in the middle, so I wasn't going to mention it. I'm going to mention the ones at the top third or the bottom third. 
I don't, I have a really hard time envisioning this team as a seven win team. I mean, for these lines, when it's an even number of games, there's not a 0.5 next to it. I always look at it and say, is there a better chance that the Bengals are a five win team or a seven win team? I don't know how they get the seven wins. I mean, they may end up six and you push, but I'll definitely take the under with the Bengals. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's it's hard to get excited when you can't get excited about a team. And look, six isn't a lot of wins. That's how many games they won last year. I think there's a chance that they could regress. They have a new coaching staff that could maybe shake things up. And sometimes you get a little bit worse before you get better. A.J. Green already deemed up. Uh, I'm going to take the under on the Cincinnati Bengals. We're the same so far. Yeah, we are the same so far. I don't we didn't like that. compare notes, by the way. I'm going to change it up. I'm going to Next time, I'm just going to disagree with you completely. Actually, this is an interesting one. The Cleveland Browns up next. Over under at nine. Another one where if it was nine and a half, I think I'd go under. I mean, if I had to guess their their final uh, record, it'd probably be nine and seven. But I'm leaning more towards a 10-win team than an eight-win team. I think their ceiling is quite high. And my, you know, my real factor here was they have the fourth easiest schedule in the league. I mean, I think that pays off tremendously get some an extra win or two, they can get to 10. I'm going to go over. All right. I'm going to disagree with you. I promised you I would. Good. I'm going to go under with the Browns. Nine's a nice season for them too. That's the thing is, it is nine's a pretty high number. They could still be uh, looking at a playoff spot at nine and seven. I just, I want to see it before I believe it, that they're ready to go and they are ready for prime time. And seven win team, they could add a couple of wins for sure. But I want to see it. There's a lot of personalities there. A lot of things could go a lot of ways with the Browns, so I'm not quite ready to go there with 10 wins yet, so I'm going to take the under. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. I mean, uh, I had a conversation on Steeler Nation Radio. We were talking about this division. Then I said of the Bengals, Steelers, Browns, I think the Browns have the highest ceiling and the lowest floor. If things go bad, Mm -hmm. I could see them being 6-10. and I can't see the Steelers being 6-10. and But I could see them also being 12 and four. I'm not sure I could see the Steelers or Ravens being 12 and four. I totally agree there. That's a great way to put it. The Denver Broncos are at seven over and under. Last year, uh, the Broncos were also seven win. They were a seven win team, right? Where's the Broncos? Uh, the Broncos, six wins last year in 2018. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm very confident on the under. I, I think a defensive minded head coach is going to look at Joe Flacco and this offense overall and quickly realize we got to slow the game down. We got to run the ball. We got to win with defense. We got to play close to the vest. I do think Denver, when when you bet the, the under, and I am going to bet the under, it's easy to overlook that I think they have the best home field advantage in the whole league. They win one or two in Denver that they probably shouldn't on paper. But they have the 31st easiest schedule, the second toughest schedule in the league. Uh, that, that was push me pretty strong towards the under. This one's tough because it's one of the teams where I wanted to be able to go over, but I just, I can't really do it. And you don't really know what it's going to look like with the new coaching staff, first time head coach and Vic Fangio. Although I think Vic, Vic Fangio is a fantastic coach and they've mm-hmm. got, man, just watch him in the preseason, watching Bradley Chubb beat up on Joe Staley. Frightening for a 49ers situation, but that guy's the real deal. Still have Von Miller. Uh, they got talent on defense. I think the defense can be good. I think Joe Flacco can be an average quarterback for you in the NFL. And if you can, you could win a lot of games, but I just, I'm not sure. And I wanted it to be a little lower so I could go over, but I'm going to go under with the Broncos at seven. Okay. 
I hear you. It's I, I don't know that Flacco can be an average quarterback. Well, yeah, that his ceeling is an average quarterback. <laughs> yeah, know, right. If, if everything goes well, if he's asked to do certain things, he could do those things. And we've seen it with the with the Ravens. And in you know, the Ravens are a team with a good defense. And Joe Flacco, your quarterback, you can win eight games a year. Yeah, and they I won mean, a Super Bowl. It's so. Possible. I don't like their schedule. And right, the schedule I, is I tough. At some point, you're going to see a quarterback change. How are we feeling about the Houston Texans? Their over-under right now is eight and a half. This was one of the hardest ones for me. Um, I mentioned before, I know O'Brien gets a, bum, a rough rap from the Texans fans at times, and he's not perfect, but he seems to win eight games every year, if not more. They won the division last year. Defense is good. There's a lot of playmakers on offense. But I went with the under at eight and a half, and I think they're a seven or eight win team. I don't feel super confident about it, but this one kind of leaned towards the schedule too, because last year when it was all said and done, the Texans played the easiest schedule in the league. And even things like the quarterbacks they played were a very, very easy slate of quarterbacks. This year, remarkably, they're scheduled to play the hardest schedule in the league. And I know a lot of people in the AFC South are thinking, well, luck's gone, so that's an extra win or two. I'm going to bet the over on those other teams. We'll get to the Colts. Don't be so sure. I'll take the under on the Texans. I'm going to go over on the Texans. Mm-hmm. I'm just a believer in Deshaun Watson, and if they protect him a little bit, I don't think they're a team that's going to regress from last year, and I think there's a chance they could get better. Uh, the the running back situation they got to figure out. They've got to be able to protect, but they've got still some very good players on defense. And I think Bill O'Brien's a really good coach of quarterbacks. And I think Deshaun Watson's a very good quarterback. I think they can go win some games, even with a tough schedule. I'm going to go over eight and a half and believe that this is a nine win football team. Yeah. And to be honest, I was not a Watson believer coming out of school. I very much am now. You and I could be talking in November and saying Deshaun Watson might be the MVP this year. I mean, so I, I think it's possible. This was a hard one for me to pick. And let's finish up this segment with the Indianapolis Colts. That, you know, I don't know what their over and under was before the, the luck news, but it's down to seven and a half now. And I know this team, and they were locked in. Sorry, you can't change. This was your Super Bowl pick out of the AFC too, Matt. <laughs> so uh, you got to be going still over seven and a half, right? I am. Um, they won't be my Super Bowl pick. I don't think they're quite on the level of New England or Kansas City. I, I, I don't think they're on that level, period. I mean, but I'm going to pick them probably to win this division. A lot of it's because I'm not super excited about their opponents in the division. I am a big Brissett guy. I think that he will be a much different player than we saw last. I expect Reich to coach the heck out of him. I think the defense will be better. I think they'll be able to control the ball, control the lines of scrimmage. I'm not saying they're going to be a 10-win team, but I think they get the 500. I think the luck thing is just enough of a pull-the-rug-out kind of a situation that could be difficult for the Colts to rebound. And I think we might see that, even though I like the way they're building things over there, if Brissett's not good enough to win some games, and we might see that there's a little bit more holes in the roster that we didn't see before with Andrew Luck at quarterback that we might start to see now. So I'm going to take the under with the Colts at seven and a half, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised if they were, you know, an eight or nine win team, but I'm going to go under just because it's just a tough situation they're in right now. It is. Um, I should have mentioned they also have the ninth easiest schedule in the league, which I think helps them a little bit. Um, They could be a team where they're much better a year from now. You know, this is a, a tough blow and 
Can Brissett pull out the tough games on the road in tough conditions? We'll see. I um, mean, I might be giving him too much credit. And seven and a half seems like a good number, though. All right, let's take a quick break here, and we'll keep it going with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, Jacksonville is eight. My bookie has eight as the over-under line for the Jacksonville Jaguars. How do you feel about the Jaguars bounce back? I don't understand this line. I mean, most of these, I look at this line and go, wow, that makes a lot of sense. 21st easiest schedule. So it's, you know, in the bottom third of difficulty. I think they're clearly an under. I mean, I have a hard time painting a picture or squinting hard enough to see them win nine games. I mean, I know they're deep. They did it a couple of years ago, but that was against the easiest schedule in the league. I don't think their defense is at that level anymore. And even if Foles obviously is better than Bortles and they stay a lot healthier, I still think it's a bottom third offense. I am taking the over on the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're one of the teams where I had even thought about, you know, how high do I want to put them? Do, Do I want them to be my sleeper team to really make some noise in the AFC? And I can't quite go that far, but I think they can be an eight, a 500 team or better this year. I I think Blake Bortles was so bad that that Nick Foles upgrade is probably bigger than a lot of people expect. And I still believe in that defense. And I think last year was a little bit more of a blip on the radar than what they actually are as a team. So I I, I do like the bounce back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Am I actually going to take the over on eight wins? Ooh. Yeah. Impressive. I like that, I like that I mean, we're disagreeing there a little bit. On yeah, I do too. I mean, I feel pretty strong about the under on that. I like one. how wrong you are about that one. That's <laughs> Uh, the, uh, the, God, I almost did it. The Los Angeles Chargers over under at 10, one of the highest in the league. Yeah. Bad mojo. That's for sure. I mean, a lot of injuries, no home field advantage. I mean, that's awful. You know, like, again, I'm going to, th- you know, roll towards the Steelers, but the Steelers are going to LA to play the Chargers this year. That whole place is going to be black and gold. You know, like that's the kind of stuff they deal with week in, week out. That's awful hard. Eighth easiest schedule in the league. So, eh, I mean, that's kind of appealing, but they have Casey twice, who we skipped, but we'll get to, by the way. I went to my bookie, too, and they had Casey in a weird spot. We'll get to them in a minute. Don't worry. We skipped them. I'm reluctantly going over, but I think 10 wins is probably right. Yeah, it's weird. Why why are the Chiefs at the end here? I didn't notice that. Yeah, I saw that. It's weird. (laughs) But with the Chargers... Uh, for all the reasons you mentioned, uh, and 10 is, is a good number, and it's not that I dislike the Chargers. I just, I'm going to go under just because there's – I don't know how much Phillip Rivers has still actually in the tank. If they could falter late in the season, their running game is now in question. And, yeah, some bad mojo heading into the season, although I do like some of the things going on, but losing Derwin James is huge. 10 is a big number. I'm going to take the under on the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I mean – I. A nine and seven season wouldn't shock me one bit. Right. And it's not a bad season. So no, that's kind of where I'm at. in the playoffs and win it all. Right. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, this is the lowest, I believe, in the league, four and a half. Yeah, and I'm still going under. I mean, I think that there's some pieces in place, and I'm excited to see what they do in terms of building it. And I think it's a good coaching hire, and I'm still kind of a Rosen fan. But they got me and you blocking for them. I mean, that line's going to be so bad. And can they get the five wins with the 26th easiest schedule in the league, one of the hardest schedules in the league? Um, I think they're more of a three-win team. 
Yeah, they're in a tough spot. They're going to probably be a pretty massive rebuild. I have some questions about the secondary. Even though they do have two very good pieces that I like in that secondary, the rest could be very bad. And I just don't know what to expect. New coaching staff, their quarterback situation, a lot of things could go very bad for the Dolphins. And it's one of those things where I'm going to look at the the highest overs and the lowest unders and then you know take the opposite. So I'm still going under the lowest unders and might be going over some of the high overs depending on uh, on how high they put it for the best teams but the Dolphins I'm going under four and a half wins which is uh, I mean th- I think they're gonna be battling for that that top draft pick in uh, 2020 I, do too. I think they're, they're they might be my bet to get the first overall pick the New England Patriots however 11 is the over under set for New England by my bookie easiest schedule in the league wow. <laughs> and Speaking of schedule, I'm going to tease it a little bit. Our boy Mike Sando is going to join us Thursday, and he just put out an article on on his quarterback tiers, and he kind of did quarterback tier strength of schedule. And the Patriots have the easiest set of quarterbacks they're going to play this year. I think the Jets are getting better. I think the Bills are getting better. We just talked about Miami, but I can't believe that New England doesn't win at least five games in the AFC East. That doesn't mean there's, I mean, there's, that leaves you 10 games to, you know, only get to six wins to tie this. I'll take the over. They win double digit games every year. Would it blow me away if this is the year they're nine and seven and Brady starts to look human? It would not, but I've said that too long and I'm done saying that in the preseason. Yep. Totally agree. And I actually like how things are starting to look on offense, getting some pieces back and Josh Gordon, yeah. and a healthy Edelman. So, yep, I'm going to go over that 11 for the New England Patriots. The New York Jets, seven and a half is an over. Feels a little high. It did feel a little high. And then I saw they have the second easiest schedule. <sighs> this was maybe my hardest. Um, I'm kind of a Gase believer. I'm very much a Darnold believer. And I think his weaponry is pretty good. I think that offense will be above average. The defense will be about average. I went over, but I wouldn't put a lot, I wouldn't put too many ducats on that one. So they were a four-win team last year, and I don't think Gase alone, and I do like Darnold, I'm with you, but I just don't know if it's going to be that many more wins for the New York Jets. So seven and a half is a little high for me. Um, Taking the under, I like Darnold more than Gase, and I hope that that's a good marriage there and it doesn't turn out like Ryan Tannehill did in Miami. Yeah, I hear you. Um, If this would have been seven, I would have, well, obviously I would have stayed over, but if it had went eight, I would have went under. You know what I mean? Like it was, to me, seven and right. a half is the perfect line for this team. Mm-hmm. There's a few lines. Actually, this line for me was tough because I wanted to go over. I wanted to be one of the people that I thought would be the few believers with the Raiders. And I don't know if it's just a lot of Raiders fans and a lot of people trying to put money on them, but the over under of six for what was a very bad football team last year, but they've done a lot in the off season, hard knocks bump maybe. But over under at six for the Oakland Raiders. How do you feel about that one? Yeah, I mean, this one's a a very Warren Sharp-esque influence one as well because he has them as the 30th tough or 30th easy schedule. So only two teams have tougher schedules. And I read an article he put out too that he does every year talking about air miles that teams fly every year. And the Raiders have to go to Europe and they have to go to Florida. Like they, they fly a gajillion more miles to, to their away games than any other team in the league this year. And Canada. I, I know that's not the biggest thing in the world, but I think it wears on a team. And if things aren't going well, that things could go real bad with this group. 
I don't know how the Raiders get to seven games. I mean, the, even those things aside, there's just too much turmoil. They may have a really good year at six and ten, and we might say, boy, Carr looks good, but the defense needs work. But I think it's more likely they win five than seven. The Raiders were a four-win team last year. They were one of the worst teams I saw the 49ers play, and they had to steal a couple of those four wins, and they almost really hurt themselves by by not picking maybe number one in the draft by winning some games that that didn't seem like they should be able to win. So for that reason, and I wanted to be someone who goes over on the Raiders, but at six, I just I just feel like I can't do it. Yeah, I can't either. I, that's one of the ones I feel pretty strong about too. A team you know the most about, the Pittsburgh Steelers, over-under set at nine. Yeah, I'm going over. Um, I think nine and seven is very possible. I don't think eight and eight is improbable, but I think the defense is really, really good all of a sudden. And they were extremely close to winning three or four games last year with a little bit better kicking, a turnover here and there. And that sounds like a Steeler apologist, but it really isn't. It's just a fact, and I've studied this team so much. Two years ago, they won those games that could have been a bounce either way. Last year, they lost like every one, including in Oakland and Denver, the games that they should have probably won. And I think that there's a good vibe around the team, and Tomlin's another one of these established coaches that will win two that he shouldn't and probably loses one that he should. You know, And I think they end up with 10 wouldn't shock me at nine. Another one of those where I think 10 is more likely than eight. I am taking the over on the Steelers. I maybe some addition by subtraction there. Uh, I may be playing more as a team and maybe like a little bit of us against the world type of situation there with them. And like you said, on defense, I like the additions there. I think they can be better on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't expect them to lose much offensively, even without Antonio Brown. So. I'm going to take the over on nine with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Two more teams here. we got to wrap it up quickly. The Tennessee Titans at an even eight and eight. Yeah, I feel pretty good about the under here. I didn't. I was torn. But then I saw they have the 29th easiest schedule. Very, very difficult schedule. It's probably got a little easier with Lux retirement. But I really want to trust Mariota and the offense to get better. But I don't deep down. And it's not all Mariota. Some of it's the line. Frankly, they looked really bad against the Steelers last night, and that influenced me more than it should probably for a preseason game. But they could be eight wins. They could be nine. But I think seven's the most likely turnout for the Titans. Yeah, I think that's a good over-under. I think it's a right place to set it. I'm going to go under. I think it's a team that's just kind of floundering and won't make it over the hump. Yeah, I do trust Rabel. I mean, he may get a little more out of this team, but um, that's not what I feel super strongly about. And I don't know if it's because the line's changing or something like that, but the Chiefs listed at the bottom here on my bookie, but Chiefs over under is 10 and a half. I'm going over. Um, easy, one of the easier schedules out there. Awesome home field advantage. Andy Reid owns the AFC West. I mean, I bet they go five and one in the West. Then you thought real hard to, you know, to figure out them getting to 11. I think the offense is every bit as good as last year. The defense is right around last year, and that's good enough for me. I'm with you. I'm taking the over at 10.5, just watching the preseason game, and I know it's recency bias and small samples and all that, but you you kind of forget. Then you see Patrick Mahomes play, and you're like, oh, man, this dude's different. And right. I like the additions on defense, too, uh, adding Tyron Matthew, uh, spending a draft pick on Juan Thornhill, trying to fix some things in the back end of that defense. I think the defense could be better and so I'm taking the over at 10 and a half. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that one, too. 
All right, that's it. That is the AFC. We'll be back tomorrow breaking down the NFC right here, Locked On NFL.